Lauren and she talks. This is Kiss and Tell Radio. Alright, here we are with another episode of Kiss and Tell Radio. Shar! Hey! Welcome back! Thank you. How was your um trip around the Chicago slash... Okay, see? Oklahoma. Chicago was way better than Oklahoma. Um, I had a I lot of fun. Imagine. I had a lot of fun. Well, I was expecting both to be turned because I did go to, <coughs> excuse me, my homecoming. So typically, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Typically, you know, um, HBCU homecomings are like lit, mm-hmm. but I had way more fun. Oh my God, my high school class reunion, y'all. Whew. What a time, what a time. I had a lot of fun there. Homecoming was decent. I probably will never go back to my alma mater's homecoming, actually. Does that happen every year at homecoming? What? A homecoming at the college. Oh, yeah, every year. I went to a white school, so, like, we don't have homecoming and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's every year sad. with the band and the dancers and stuff. Every single mm-hmm. year. But I just feel like I have kind of, like, outgrown it. Like, I went to have fun, and if my homegirls hadn't have driven up from Texas... Um, I probably would have had like the worst time. I mean, there's logistics that go into this uh, as to why it wasn't a good time. But I mean, I just feel like, I don't know. I'm too, I've become, and I feel like I've always been this way being a Chicago native and then having this culture shock of Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. But I did not realize when you mix Chicago with Los Angeles, I'm all about the get up and go. And people there are very, very slow. Mm -hmm. And so I became very stir crazy. Right. And I was ready to, I just, it, it just does not suit me anymore. And then homecoming was like decent. It was just, it wasn't anything. I'm like, mm, Do a lot of your classmates from college still live in Oklahoma? No. Okay, they all. No. Well, producers. a lot of people weren't, ironically, a lot of people were from out of state. A majority of people are from out of state that mm. attended my university. Very few people in state went to my university. So it just was, I don't know. It just, it, mm, it, mm. Mm. I, 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 I could have saved my money. But it was a nice closing. I'm glad that I killed two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. And I went to my home, I mean, my 10-year reunion and homecoming. Because now, you know, it's it's over with. And I will not be going back to my home. I will not be going back to Oklahoma City anytime soon. Ever. Mm -mm. Yeah, I missed both my 10-year reunions. Both? Both. So I went to, okay, so... (laughs) The look you just gave me. So I went to a public school from... Third grade on... This is recording, right? I hope so. Oh, it's... Yeah, it's recording. Okay. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, so I went to a public school with the same people from third grade all the way to freshman year of high school. And okay. then after that, I ended up going to Riverside Christian, a smaller private school. Okay. And so I still kept in touch with all the people I grew up with, like in middle school and high school and elementary school. So mm-hmm. we're always still in touch. But then the last three three years of high school, I went to another different school. So they had both the same high school reunion. And I did not go to either of them. One of them was at my cousin's wedding in Orange County, which was the most racist wedding I think I've ever been to before. Really? Yeah. The guy started off the speech with... um. I'm happy that you guys all made it back from the Trump rally safely. Right. <laughs> that would have been my cue to get up and go. Oh, no, no, no. My cue should have been when someone thanked me for being such a great server. Oh, no. Right. Right. Oh, it, oh, it, oh, it no. was 
terrible. Somebody asked my sister, like, I saw you breaking it down on the dance floor. It wasn't her. It was one other, one other <laughs> black girl that was there with the high butt. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. It was miserable. But I think the, oh, some girl did, like, a remix to Ignition. But it was so the bop um, bridesmaid um, to the bride gets up on um, the microphone and she's like, you know what? I'm so happy for you guys. Um, I haven't made a remix for you. Hit that shit, DJ. R. Kelly Ignition comes on, but just the beat. And the remix was, this is the remix to Ignition, Freddy's Making Grits in Your Kitchen. Freddy's Making Grits? Grits in Your Kitchen. No. Yeah. What type oh, of? And that's when my one table that my family had packed up our stuff and left. Mm-mm. So There's only so much you can take, but me, with the current climate of things socially and politically mm-hmm. i probably would have been out of there i would have just been like mom i'm going to go sit in the car or what what have you i'll take an uber back to wherever right but this i, I can't subject myself to certain things well, Any, that's anymore I orange county because like i lived there for four I years i never knew orange county was like that orange i've never county been is a bubble like it's very pretty it's very pretty it's very clean mm-hmm. um but I, my I've black ass right but my black ass you know my neighbor's felt very differently from what I felt. And I remember, like, this one class, the moment I realized I was ne- I needed to get out of Orange County, I took a women's studies course, and for me, I was always in Los Angeles, like, whether we were in, like, you know, football games or, you know, a concert, the club, whatever. We were always in L.A., me and my friends. And I remember I was taking a women's studies class, and the principal, some principal, the teacher asked if we had two twins, a boy and a girl, would, would we let them go to L.A.? And they're like, no, L.A. is so dangerous. Oh, yeah. L.A. is 30 miles down the freeway. Like, you... Mm-hmm. And so, and mm-hmm. I was the only person in the class that agreed that the child could go to L.A. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was like, oh, no, after I graduated. That's a out. literal bubble. It's I'm like Stepford-wise. I am out. So you won't trap me here. Mm-hmm. But speaking of liberal, um, I mean, not liberal, but conservative, if you will, um, this election, uh, we had the third and final debate yes. of this election. I hope you guys all voted. Yesterday was the last day in California for the Californians out there to register to vote. Um, but it's crunch time, like the day that we finally have been waiting for this entire year and some change um, of a shit show is here. So, last debate. <coughs> the By the way, it should be noted, by the next time that we meet will be voting day. The official really? voting day. We will November meet 8th? Tuesday, November 8th. Oh, shit. And so the, the announcement will be read on Wednesday. Mm. Mm. No, not Wednesday. On Tuesday night. Well, yeah. But yeah. it, it kind of, you know. Oh, yeah. Because the polls close at like 8 o'clock or something. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, wow. So, get out there and vote, please. Mm-hmm. This is your last chance from Char and Jace to, you know... We've been talking about this all year. All year. Um, but yeah, the commentary, especially from Mr. Donald um, J. Trump, I mean, he made a nasty woman comment. When he said the bad ombre, I almost spit up my wine. Well, I think everybody was just kind of, I mean, nothing surprises me. Donald has no shock factor. Mm-hmm. Left mm-hmm. out of Char. Mm-hmm. He can keep he surprising does, does you all and mass media. He can keep, you know, but there's literally nothing that that man can say or do that will shock me anymore. I, I just, I'm, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm completely over it as well. And I think the thing is, is like, I'm not even like, Donald Trump is not really the issue. I think this election has really brought to light so many issues that, that this country has and the mm-hmm. people and their mm-hmm. mindsets in this country. Because the fact that this man, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the higher up Republicans are now regretting 
Donald Trump being the representative. But they didn't say they had plenty of time mm-hmm. to correct oh, it. Plenty, plenty, plenty. But he still plenty. has a herd of people backing him up. Yeah, but even when when he first came out in uh, over a year ago and made those disparaging marks about Mexicans, mm-hmm. not one of the Republicans running for president at the time called him to the carpet about his shit. No one said anything. Mm -mm. And Jeb Bush is married to a Hispanic woman. No one said anything. And I firmly believe that if perhaps we would be having a different outcome if someone would, if Republican candidates in particular would have called him out on his shit as the time went on. But because everybody remained silent, he just gained more and more momentum and then he eliminated the competition. And now this is where we Mm -hmm. are. Because no one had the cojones to speak up and say this I is mean, not false. right. No one. Yeah, no, I'm, but the thing is, a lot of people think it is right. Because people liked him because he was so outgoing and he was so vocal and he's not a politician and the politics are corrupt in the U.S. And so they're like, no, he's not a politician. He's a great businessman. Come to find out, he's a trash businessman. Like I felt like we all knew that. I knew that prior to him even running. I knew about the bankruptcies and stuff. But the name Trump is so quote-unquote powerful. Like People were really doing the research, at least people who are in Dubuque, Montana, as you say so often. (laughs) (laughs) They're not doing the research. Sorry, Dubuque should have hated me by the time I, <laughs> by the time I accept my first Emmy Award, they're always my go-to. Right, right, right. So it's just a funny name. It, it is. It's a great name, and for anybody that we should go there one day and do an episode there. They have a Dubuque, Iowa too. I think Montana's Dubuque, Montana. Yeah, yeah. Iowa. I don't even know where that is in the country. To be <laughs> honest, when I get my talk show, I'll do a segment there, mm-hmm. and I I will do. We should. Uh, I'll have the producers thread together comb through everything that I've ever done and thread together every single time I reference Dubuque, Dubuque Montana. Montana. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, between that, you know, the bad ombre is the nasty woman comment. Um, and just, just the fact grab that... Grab her by the pussy. I mean... The, and then also the fact that he told... He said that... Um, who was who his, um, his campaign manager? Who was that? What's that Kellyanne one? Kellyanne Conway. <sighs> She's the most delusional piece of shit. You know what? I pray for her. <laughs> I Because she's not delusional. Kellyanne Conway, I think that she's very aware of what's going on, but she is trying to prove a point. She's really trying to hang right. in there. And she's trying to get that check. And get that check, yes. Um, Kellyanne Conway knows she'd be spewing bullshit. She knows that. Oh, yeah. No, she. It, it is, um, it's amazing to see her speak and just justify. She's good at what she does. Mm, she's good better. as far as not getting tripped up. She answers she questions directly. She walked away from directly. a reporter last time. Oh, she did? Yeah. she. Who is um The woman on CNN. I'm horrible There's a names. lot of women on right. CNN. She's blonde, has a like weird nose kind of bob. She's a commentator. She's great. Um, but yeah, she kind of um, addressed her I right after the Trump. But she what she addressed was, you know, Trump accepting... Oh, the the results. The results. Of the, and he said he wouldn't. He said he the said first that he said um candidate in I'll history. Sus- what, what, he says he like, said I'll I'll, leave, I'll leave accept leave, it if I win. Right, or leave you up to suspicion. That's oh his, yeah, I'll leave you in suspense. Said, right, but suspense. he later said I'll accept the results if right, I win. Right, if I win. But he is the first ever presidential candidate in history to not uh, say that he would graciously concede in the event that he lost. Right. Which is so. extremely problematic and it's very un-American and I don't well, know why... I don't know if it's un-American <clears throat> because America is trash, um, if we're being honest, but if you get to the nitty-gritty of America, it's all a facade. This whole we are the world, hold hands, skipping oh, down a that. field of lilies, it's all a fucking facade and it will not change until 
um, we get to the nitty gritty of it. And he is America. Donald Trump, to me, represents... America. Basically, what America <laughs> is mm-hmm. currently. White and bigoted. Um, and powerful. And powerful for no reason. I love that Saturday Night Live did that skit where they did Black Jeopardy, where Tom Hanks I saw that. starred as a Trump supporter. And basically it boiled down, if you all have not seen this, it's on YouTube. It boiled down to saying that, uh, it, I mean, it's all in jest, but black people and Trump supporters <laughs> actually have more in common than you would think. And what we have in common is our love for voluptuous women and Medea movies. Mm-hmm. It's a funny skit. It's a yeah. funny, funny skit. Did Leslie you, Jones is in that skit, too. Did you watch the Alfred uh, E. Smith uh, dinner? I watched the highlight reel from that. I, oh, I did. I turned... What's funny is, I didn't even know that that was like a presidential thing. That, that, that's been happening. Mm-hmm. I never, But I think I never was unaware because the first election that I ever participated in was Obama's first term. Right, right, and right. And things were not this messy. Oh, yeah, it wasn't chaotic. Like this, this is like a Real Housewives reunion. It's a reality on, show. On, literally. In so fact, the someone reel... actually commentated, said that, one of the commentators um, who was Republican said that, you know, because the media is not giving us the attention and we have to make it a show. I guess. Well, there you go. It's well, yeah, the highlights say that Donald Trump's best joke that everybody agrees with is... Obama, the, Yes, Michelle. the Michelle Obama, and then Melania did the exact same speech, and yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, Hillary's joke with Trump saying that the Statue of Liberty is a four. Mm-hmm. Um... And if she loses, dishes the, the hat and the robe or whatever and lets her hair down, she might be a five. Mm-hmm. It was good. They did great delivery. I but President pulled... Obama is still the best with the best president with comedic timing. That oh, man is funny as hell. On point. Do you see his um, other uh, thing he did for Jimmy Kimmel? Oh, yeah. The mean tweets mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's dope. He's great. Um, his comedic timing is spectacular. Yeah. And also, like, honestly, I will say Donald Trump did good. He's, don't, at the end of the day, Donald Trump is good entertain, entertainment. That's why you have I do enjoy Donald Trump on The Apprentice. Of the Apprentice, right. He celebrity Apprentice. I never watched the regular people, but I enjoy Celebrity <laughs> the Apprentice. The basic bitches out there. I know, it wasn't interesting. Yeah. I enjoy Celebrity Apprentice. With Khloe Kardashian, but I cannot, Leagues, and Omarosa. I can't support him anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, he, being good at television does not qualify you to be the president of the United States. I think that's where people are getting confused. And his views have come to surface. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when you well, get fundamentally to... I mean, Hillary... But Hillary has been... What I admire about Hillary is that she has publicly, and we've seen time and time again, publicly said, okay, yes. For example, I used Super Predator in 94, and now mm-hmm. I stand corrected. And I, have, I am sorry. Right. We have seen that from both Hillary and her husband, Bill. Mm-hmm. So no one is above redemption. And that that's why I got to go with her. Trump's views, and especially when I learned about the um, Central Park Five and how he was really pushing oh, for know. the death penalty we and things like that. We talked about that, that. Um, last episode with Kendall. Yeah, I'm saying mm-hmm. I, I recently learned about this with this election, mm-hmm. not like last week. Um, <laughs> and I, because Central Park Five, I, was I even born? I mean, I know I was born, but I was very young, yeah, so yeah, I wasn't paying attention. And uh, it's just mm, it, his view. Everything that spews out of his mouth is just racist and bigoted, racist and, and problematic, and just I cannot support someone like that. So mm. here we are. Here we are. Yeah, that they, they actually brought up the Central Park Five in the documentary, which we both saw. Cause I saw you tweet about it. Yes, um, I, I stayed 13th. up on Saturday night and watched the thirteenth. Ava, shout out to Ava DuVernay. Yes, and shout um, out for her. Yeah, she's killing it this year. Oh you know? yeah, she's Half been Oprah. killing it ever since her debut with Selma. 
That was her her really? debut. I, I didn't know that was her. Yeah, Ava DuVernay. She did Selma. Oh, that was her yeah. debut. And then Queen Sugar and now um, The 13th, which is based on The 13th Amendment. If you have not checked out this documentary, it's available on Netflix. Grab Bay's Password and check it out. It's, uh, it's <laughs> yes. basically about mass incarceration and systematic oppression and racism. And it rips the uh, veil off of even more so. You may think you know a lot about America mm -hmm. and American politics and what goes on behind the scenes, but Ava does such a tasteful and good job of really ripping the Band-Aid off mm -hmm. even further. You think you know, but you have no idea. No idea. Even yeah. further, like, I was totally shook. The thing that stood out to me from the documentary was Alec. Yes, I never exactly knew like the corporations and, and I feel like I, I had an inkling of that because I'm a fan of Michael Moore documentaries because mm -hmm. um, he goes into all that stuff but the Alec thing really and then of course when they showed oh I can't remember his name right now oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god pretty great Martin. No, 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 not them. Um, the the guy who was at Rikers who was wrongfully accused and later ended up committing suicide. Oh, um, oh. Ooh. And his mom just uh, died like last week of a broken heart. Right, because he wouldn't admit to he didn't, he didn't want, do it. And he then didn't he, do it. He they said, ended up just letting him go. But he was at like but that. But let him go like years later. Three he, years later. Mm -hmm. He's like you either pay the fine or like saying uh -huh. like no, like I'm, I didn't do it. I'm not saying I'm you know guilty mm -hmm. so I could get the easy way out. Like no. And he ended up committing suicide later on. What is his damn name? Uh, Khalif Browder. There we go. So that footage really, uh, really broke me down. I had never seen that security footage of them, you know, the, the fights and the jumping and stuff. And then, of course, something that will forever send a chill down my spine is any 911 call associated with Trayvon Martin's mm -hmm. murder. Any mm -hmm. 911 mm -hmm. call. And in particular, the white woman that calls in where you can hear Trayvon in the distant background screaming for help. Screaming for help. It just, uh, it, mm, it's, it tr it's triggering. I, was, I remember I was in school when this happened. I think I was in my senior year and all of the marching and protesting we did as, an, as the only HBCU in Oklahoma mm -hmm. and the sense of unity and community that we had and all the news coverage. And it just, um, I'll just never forget, we had, uh, I, I don't know what to call it, but it was like an, an observance, if you will, of mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin. This was my senior year and it was like in March. And they marched from, I was on the steps of Sanford Hall. That was the communications hall. Mm -hmm. And I was up there with the press, with Channel 5 and Channel 7 and all of that. And so the student body, everybody had on hoods. It was hot as hell in Oklahoma, too. Everybody still had on their hoods and marched from, like, our library, which sits on a hill, down the Sanford, the Sanford Hall steps. And I'll never forget, they had large speakers set up. And they played those 911 calls. And hearing it mm. in such a, we were in the middle of the yard, as we Jesus. call it, as HBC, you know, you call it the yard. We are outside in the middle of the yard and you can literally hear the reverb bouncing off of buildings in the distant, you know, whatever. And I remember standing on those steps and seeing everyone with their hoods on and all of the press that was there and listening to this at maximum volume. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. So not to go on any tangent or, or anything, but there were certain parts of the film where I found myself in my bed literally weeping because it was things that I had <clears throat> suppressed that, you know, were triggered. And of course, nothing has slowed down. We still, right. every- Well, the man that tried to shoot him just got 20 years in jail. George Zimmerman. Oh yeah, the guy who tried to kill George Zimmerman mm -hmm. in that road rage accident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny 20 how- 20 years just in jail, why? Like, 
Why yep. are you still walking around free? And sold the gun what, on eBay? I don't I don't pay attention oh, to the next no, it's, it's sick. It's so sick. But yeah, definitely that um Trayvon Martin because like I'm like you said. Trayvon the same and thing. Khalif, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Alec, because I didn't really really know the correlation between these huge corporate companies mm-hmm. and politics. And, and Walmart and the Stand Your Ground right. law and, and how they like, hold on. And hold how on. Alec is writing these bills where you can literally just insert your state name. The bill is already mm-hmm. written. Like it's scary yeah, when it, you it's, think it's, about it's, it. It's a scam. And the guy that caught got caught up because he had the um watermark on the mm-hmm. bill. And he tried to lie about mm-hmm. it. He tried to lie about it. He's like, no, that's not Alec. Yes it is boo. And even when they did even when they went through chronologically the the prison numbers and how ha- the Reagan and Nixon era. Mm -hmm. Being someone that was not born in that era, I mean, I've done my reading and I've done my research, but I've never fully understood the impact. You know, you hear about the the crack in the 80s with Reagan, but Reagan and Nixon were toxic. Mm -hmm. They were really, really toxic Mm -hmm. uh, to the nation and they made some... And the dog whistle politics, the coded language that's even still being used today Mm -hmm. a lot from Trump, um, where it's not overt racism but it's covert so there's the certain african-american like how they said how thug has become synonymous with the black man you mm-hmm. know and stemming from the birth of a nation the first birth of a nation Oof. with this narrative of black Oof. people being beastly and right. weird. you can't Rapists control us and, and white women are damsels in distress like we still this narrative still exists mm-hmm. and it's constantly being embedded and this is what i talked about if you all have not checked out my interview with Dr. Rosalind Satchel of Pepperdine University, she wrote a book called What Movies Teach About Race. Um, and it talks about erasure and, and entitlement and exceptionalism. Those are her three E's that she covers. And it really talks about how Hollywood always recycles these ideas and we get the same narrative in different ways, whether it's underlying or over. Uh, laying the same narrative mm-hmm. and how we even treat you know even in the documentary they said black people started voting for these bills that were anti black youth right. because it's all a and then respectability politics come into play mm-hmm. and act right and when mess. you walk down the side walk yeah it just basically explained that the whole jail system is such a marketable institution it's a business and that's why they need to keep people and how they how they demonized crack but cocaine was a lesser sentence because white people with money had Mm -hmm. cocaine but it was us you know a lot of black folk with the crack and how they just so whole generation of black men wiped clean off of the streets Mm -hmm. clean because of minor infractions yeah it was it was absolutely ridiculous and like i and even with like healthcare, like i've seen the amount of money that goes into healthcare, um, and this is a business at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, oh yeah, I've I've heard about those conspiracy theories from day one. As far as mm-hmm. like, oh, they have a cure for HIV/AIDS, but if they give us the cure, then that's money that's being whole, gone. Yeah, you know, that's the whole business downplay. right there. We might as well just keep you pacified on this regimen of these pills or whatever. Um, because that's money making business, right. and I firmly believe that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm still. With all these stuff I that wouldn't pops be surprised. up, Zika and bird flu, it's mm-hmm. something like every right, few right, right, years right, right. where it sends, you know, this fear across mm-hmm. the land, and, and people fear. drop dead. De- Remember They're whatever happened to Ebola? Mm-hmm. Like people drop Mad dead. Cow. A few people drop dead, and then it's like this whole panic thing. Yeah. So uh, scandal you, is very real, as well as House of Cards. Yes. If you all have not checked out Thirteenth, again, it's available on Netflix. Yeah, please watch um, it. I watched phenomenal. With, I watched it with my friend, and he literally. Didn't say goodnight. He just went to sleep. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I can't do so anything It's else. heavy. 
Yeah, it's very heavy. It's but heavy. she did it so well that I wasn't crying at the end. No, I wasn't either. I didn't cry. Actually, the whole duration. Because a cried. lot of times, like, you watch these documentaries and these things, and, like, you can't do nothing but cry. I think she did so, like I said, tastefully. I cried with Khalif. I lost it. Yeah, I was I lost it. Because I didn't know. To I, know that I psychological that trauma yeah. and to know that he couldn't face it anymore, even with being out and free and adjusting to life again. He just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Rikers really had him. They had him in that solitary confinement, people whooping his ass. Like, Rikers is one of the. If you do your research, Rikers is literally statistically one of the worst. If you go to Rikers, you might as well forget about it, honestly. Right. It's just a bad prison. <laughs> Not that prisons are good, but Rikers is notorious. They have a reputation. Right. Of you go insane and leave with a few marbles unscrewed. And then to know that his mom, I think that just hit me. To know that his mother just passed like literally a week and a half ago. And all the headlines said that she died of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. And to know that this man just hung himself last year. Like it just. Right. Because you think about how many people's stories go untold. All because he did not bow down to justice. Or how many people do cave in because they can't Mm -hmm, take it and say, okay, let's just say I did. I'll take the plea deal. And he held fat. It just, like, no, I'm not. it's not right. It's not right. Um, but on a lighter note, um, <laughs> article came out and it was called, uh, please know who you're dating. And it all rooted from a situation where, um, I got a text message like, Hey Jace, good morning. Did you see such and such on Snapchat? No, I didn't go on Snapchat. Literally my friend is recording his brand new car that was beaten in overnight with a baseball bat. Like, mm. Jasmine Sullivan straight up busting was up the car. However, however, um, we knew it was his ex-boyfriend, who, and they've been broken up for months. So what's the point? Exactly. But when I saw it, I was not surprised. Because for the longest time with, you know, this boy, this new boy in his life, and, you know, our friendship kind of uh, suffered from this new relationship with this boy. But we just always, I was, I knew there was something right, wasn't right about him. And, like, even I would ask him questions, like, hey, so, you know, da 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 Oh, I don't know. This is your boyfriend. The mm-hmm. one they're sleeping in the bed with. So, basically, I wrote an article about, like, just really doing your research and finding out who you are dating before you decide to, like, go and, like, put titles on it. Even sleeping with them, you know, because a lot of times, like, people get uncomfortable to ask them certain questions. And my ass is like, so do you have HIV? Are you on PrEP? Like, mm-hmm. when's the last time you got tested? Mm-hmm. I'm very forward with that, but there's a lot of times people get uncomfortable in certain situations. Because it's still situations. such a taboo, especially when you're t- running down STIs. It's looked mm-hmm. at as still such a taboo topic when it's just like, girl, we grown. Right, and it makes it not sexy anymore. Right, you killed like, the mood. No, no, no. no, what would kill the mood is if I woke up with a bump on my on my tuchus. Right. Because I didn't ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And, and they can lie to you and they can tell the truth. They can. But I always say, like, you know, if you question someone lying to you, then maybe it's time to reevaluate things. Well, if you question, I feel like if you question someone in, in that instance, you just better go with your first mind. If you feel in the seat of your soul that this person is being dishonest with you, then you have your answer. Mm-hmm. But at least you asked. You have your answer. Then they probably are. Trust your instinct. You feel that somebody's lying to you? Trust that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you Google people that you go on dates with? I never, when you go on dates? I Well, I have not been on a date in a while, but um, I have, yes, if I start talking or entertaining prior to the date. 
I will Google and see what comes up. But a lot of guys that I date typically have very common names, so that's pretty hard. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I gotta have your email address so I can type it into the Facebook mm-hmm. and get, get get access to your account because they have very common names versus someone like me who has a very unique name right. or even like you. Mm-hmm. You can oh, just yeah, I, I, type in Jace Barron or Sharjah Cell and it's, it's us. Right. But if you're dating, you know, Dan Smith or... Christopher Peter. David Wright or any, like... <laughs> Johnson. You, yeah, like, yeah. So a lot of guys that I date have um, very common names. So it's very hard for me to pinpoint who is who. Because mm-hmm. there's only so much you can type in. Right. Um... And so, yeah. What if you found them on Facebook? Would you kind of like go and see? I would definitely go through all. I'm going through all of your shit. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at mutual friends. Mm -hmm. I'm looking. I'm going dating back as far as your first profile picture. I'm looking if if your Facebook is on. I'm I'm guessing that your Instagram is synced to it. So let me see if you have an Instagram so I can gain access to your Instagram. Okay, there's your Instagram name. That's how I found out recently. uh, This guy that tried to talk to me, and I tweeted about this. This was months ago. Mm -hmm. This guy that tried to talk to me, he was very handsome. Oh my god, I had a smile to die for he tried to talk to me he had a son with him i was like oh um and he knew what time it was so i was like oh um i googled him actually mm-hmm. once i took down his number you know facebook if you type in people's phone number i was right about that you too. gain in access to their account typically facebook is great for that mm-hmm. and when i saw that i was able to find his twitter when i went to his twitter page he had a pinned tweet and the pinned tweet was a GoFundMe account for his pending nuptials. He is engaged. <laughs> um, I From there, he shared, you know, on his Twitter name, I went to media and I get, found his Instagram. When I went to his Instagram, I think he was talking to me on a Monday. His most recent Woman Crush Wednesday was his fiance. So that was the end of that for me. And I was like, thank God for technology. I tweeted see, about this. I, I didn't see that, t- that stream. Oh, yeah. I went, on, I went on a tangent about it because I was Absolutely. upset because he was he was very attractive. But he ended up sending me a dick pic like immediately. So that let me know that he was not trying to get to know me, which is a turnoff for me mm-hmm. now. That used to be flattering to me. But now that is an ultimate turnoff to me. Uh, but no yeah. dick pics on the first date? No dick, pic- dick pics when we first meet. I'm trying to meet someone who's trying to get to know Char as a person and not just use me up. Use my body as some sexual novelty and toss me to the side. Fuck that. You find another trans woman to do that with because you ain't going to get it from me. Yeah, I love, well, I hate that. But um, yeah, no, definitely. Because nowadays, I just feel like there's no excuse. Because back in the day... I didn't want to, like, you know, you have this, like, idea of what your relationship looks like. And you're just, like, going on, like, oh, this is cute. Which you don't And you always have. know somebody, that something's going on. But you're like, you know, let me, let me play cute, turn a blind eye. 2016 Jace, not no more. Mm-hmm. There was this guy I was dating, and there was text messages coming up on his phone. And there was CD. And I didn't have his password. So my oh. ass took a picture of the phone, mm-hmm. of his phone, mm-hmm. went on Facebook and started down, finding oh, these finding fucking the people. Numbers. Uh-huh. I was yeah. like, who are these fucking people? Oh, Just yeah. you like, oh, that's what you mm-hmm. like. That looks nothing like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I found them all. And I and I saw I'm not told them this to this day. But I was just like, I don't have time for bullshit no more. Like, I got played no. one too many times via social, mm-hmm. very publicly as well. That, oh, no, like, that's if never I could, happened to me. Oh, no. I have been very publicly humiliated. Um... So now I don't have time anymore. Like, I will be that crazy person, and I will find everything I need to find. Because guess what? The internet. Mm-hmm. So, but I just stress people, like, you know, like, no, find out who you're dating. Um, don't be afraid to ask the questions. And if you feel iffy about it, like Char said, 
you know, go with your gut. Go with your gut. You're better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Like, Google somebody and at, at least, at the very least, Google, Google their name. Unless and if name you can't, like... if they have a common name, try their number. Mm-hmm. Try the Facebook search engine with their number. Right. Take note, kids. Um, so, another topic. So, but last... how does that tie in to know who you're dating? Because your friend's ex-boyfriend destroyed the car? Well, because there's a lot of different avoidable situations. Like, he shouldn't have, oh, he shouldn't have yeah. been with him. Yeah. Moral of the story. And I knew that from dating him. Because I would ask him. We we were even confused about how old this man was. Because he made a quote-unquote oh, no. joke about how old he was. And he had a birthday party. And it was the wrong age. And we're like, but you said, oh, that was a joke. Mm, no, 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 sweetheart. So like, that does go. Well, see, you were raising suspicions about that, mm-hmm. but the, your friend wasn't. My friend wasn't. So, so he, he, he learned a issue. lesson. Mm-hmm. Know who you're dating. That's know just fundamentally what it is. Right. If you're going to let somebody play and cut up on your time, then you mm-hmm. deal with the consequences. Use your soap and water in your bathroom. You deal with the consequences. Right. So make sure you go and search Google, ask questions, be open and honest when it comes to sex, when it comes to ex-boyfriends. Because a lot of times people's... Uh, the way they, their past ex-relationships kind of dictate the way they navigate through life. And not only that, with their future relationships. So that may play a huge role in what that looks like with mm-hmm. your future. So mm-hmm. um, Spirit Day, not Spirit Fingers from Bring It On, but Spirit Day was just this last week. And I didn't even know. I have a purple shirt I could have worn. but I, Spirit Day and Trans Day of Remembrance always sneak up on me. I think Trans Day of Remembrance is like November 11th. Mm, it, well, Kiss and Tell New York was on Trans Day of Remembrance last year, and it was November 8th. Oh, well, I knew it was one of those. Yeah, you're, you're it's, good. It sneaks up on me. So Spirit Day was something that um, I posted about like kind of later in the day because I just didn't know mm-hmm. that it was going on. But well, I'm, a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Until, but, so the reason why I kind of brought this up because I remember when the when Spirit Day was first um, put out there, it was more because all these young high schoolers were killing themselves. And middle were, school. It was a lot of middle school. school. Right, 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 middle school as well. A lot of LGBT middle schoolers um, or dying. Remember little Larry um, in little California? Larry. He has a doc. There's a documentary called My Funny Valentine, and he was the uh, the he was Hispanic. What's his story? Huh? And um, he was gender nonconforming in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And one of his white classmates walked into school one day. This is eighth grade in the computer lab and shot Larry in the head, and killed him. Oh my. And that Ellen was in California, like it was brought to my attention. Yeah, this like was just LA a, County or. Yeah. Damn. And it was just brought to my attention a few years ago because Ellen was very passionate about this story. She was genuinely hurt. And uh, I saw when I was perusing HBO, it might still be on the HBO Go app, and there's a Mm -hmm. documentary out, and I believe the title is called My Funny Valentine. Because if I'm not mistaken, you know, of course, for something like that to happen, there might have been some history there. Right. Or the white boy was feeling a little tingling in his balls or something right. for little Larry. Right, puberty. And Larry was cute and just a free spirit. And yeah, so you had instances of people committing suicide. And then, of course, incidents like that where there were these... Uh, Murderers. It, yeah, <laughs> these extreme acts of violence against LGBT people for no damn reason yeah. for existing. Yeah, unapologetically there was, was a lot of youth that at one point was just really bad and that was like Ilan Nettles yeah, who the... was killed in front of the police station in New York mm-hmm. City cause a guy tried she, a trans woman of color guy tried to holler at her she was minding her black ass business he tried to talk to her and once the tea was clocked and his friends started making fun of her he ended up beating her to death 
ironically, right in front, right across the street, I believe, from mm-hmm. like a Brooklyn police station. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is where she lost her life. So when you have instances like this, yeah, Spirit Day is very, very necessary. Yeah, very, very <laughs> necessary. But, I mean, do you think, I want to say there's not a need for it, because it's definitely a remembrance thing. But I kind of want, I want it to be bigger. Yeah, but that's up to us. Yeah, exactly. And people don't care. People don't care. If we're being honest, people don't. A lot of LGBT people don't care. Mm -hmm. But a lot of corporations do because that's a lot of you know. But if white LGBT people are not affected, or Mm -hmm. white LGBT people are not carrying the charge, then it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to sit up here and say it's not going to get anywhere. But you, we know how the politics run within the community, right? And um, I just want to share what I wrote on Instagram for Spirit Day because it was something that really um, resonated with me because, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll go in depth once I'm done reading it. But I wrote, I went purple today to support LGBTQIA youth and anti-bullying initiatives. I want to take this time especially to encourage our educators not to be negligent and irresponsible when interacting with the youth. Personally, and this is not saying that people of older, of more mature ages don't get bullied, but I really wanted to focus on the youth. Mm -hmm. So personally, I didn't encounter any of these issues until I was 18 and in undergrad. But not everyone is quote unquote as fortunate or is strong enough to endure the nonsense. So I am taking you to task. Set the example in your classrooms and use your platforms to set the tone to ensure all students receive respect and are treated as human beings. Let's continue to work together to ensure that safe spaces are created for LGBTQIA students because as we know, not everyone has support from their home. Thank you for all that you do. Amen. And I think that that is important because just to reiterate my point, I did not um, come across any nonsense until I was in college, which is so weird. I was in an all-inclusive, and we've talked about this on the show before, I was in an all-inclusive school district growing up. And then as soon as I got to my HBCU, not to put a bad name on HBCUs, but being very LGBT and gender non-conforming and just out of the box, a lot of those people in the South didn't know how to receive me. So I, I firmly believe that if my professors, well, it wasn't my core professors. When I say core, I mean, it wasn't like my broad, my broadcast professors received me, But there were some, you know, those general ed teachers mm-hmm. who I believe that if they would have set the tone for their classrooms, they would have set an example as to how my peers These would have interacted with the me. Classroom? Yeah, I mean, they were, like there was one time, this is just one minor example. There was a, one of my professors, my freshman year was from Atlanta. She used to work at Clark Atlanta University. Um, and she was my math teacher for Algebra 1. And uh, I was a big, and still am a big Beyonce and Destiny's Child fan. And this is when Darion had first launched. And Beyonce, every garment that she was wearing, every garment that Beyonce wore in the B-Day videos was available for purchase for us. So the irreplaceable jacket, the freakum dress hoodie, the ring the alarm hoodie. So one day in class, we all know that the ring the alarm hoodie, if you all look back at the video, it doubles as a dress. It has a hood, it's camouflage, it's short sleeve. And Wait, which song is this? Ring the alarm. She's wearing a hoodie and it's... Ooh, how can you yeah. look at me? Okay, ring the alarm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> no, I'm thinking trench coat when I see ring the alarm. No, she, you gotta but watch. But I remember... She, Beyonce wore some variation of a hoodie in almost every B-Day video and she put the hoodies on sale. This was oh. the launch of Darion. Hmm. So um, I wore 
my ring the alarm hoodie that doubled as a, it was like a parachute type dress. It was tapered at the bottom. I loved it and I wore it with jeans. I wore it with House of Darion jeans, a matter of fact. And I remember that I walked into class a few minutes late and uh, she turned around from the board and she looked at me and she said, is that a dress? And my natural reaction being a young whip whippersnapper from Chicago with a smart ass mouth, I said, is that a wig? And I got kicked out of her class. Um, at least yeah, for that day. Out. Yeah. Oh yes. Politics. I'm the professor. Politics. Also and I had stuff. no one to vouch for me because everybody, of course, got a good giggle out of it. Or they just looked at it. People in our culture are a lot of the times, especially in the South, aren't used to LGBT people, especially right. gender non-conforming LGBT people mm -hmm. being treated with respect. Mm. So uh, I was in for a rude awakening when I first went to college. And as far as how, like I said, if if the professors at my university, my general ed professors would have set the tone of respecting me, then I feel like my classmates would have had a better transition because right. they learned to respect right. me because right. I'm just, I wasn't, I was out to prove I was not just some blonde fade, nail, you know, nail done, beat faced bimbo. I have a fucking brain mm. and actually I'm doing a lot better than most of them. 90% of them, I want to say they all have babies and they're overweight and still in Oklahoma city. But me, I, I set out to, I've always been ambitious and I always right. had a plan you had an agenda and they weren't executed. used to that. They tried to pigeonhole me into the makeup artist, you know, cause that's what mm -hmm. I was doing at the time. So, um, I feel like I'm going on another one of my tangents, but I say all that to say, I felt the need to emphasize that because this is coming from the heels of, of coming back from that environment mm -hmm. and then spirit day just happened. And I'm like, okay, right. educators, I'm taking you to task mm -hmm. because not everybody is strong enough right. or fortunate enough to have two great parents and, and supportive parents right. in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And not everybody can endure the nonsense. Well, they set the tone. They, like I said, they set the tone for the classroom and they set the tone for like what's tolerated and not. Right. So you made it okay now for my peers mm -hmm. to treat me a certain way because my own professor is, instead of finishing the math problem on the board, and she could have just turned to me and said, you're late. Right. That's a tardy. Find a seat. She could have been, if she wanted to be a bitch, she could have been a bitch in a myriad of different ways mm -hmm. other than attacking my appearance, which had nothing to do with the curriculum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that is just one example. I'm and actually speaking at a school in South Carolina next have year. Have fun with Sorry, that. Sorry, a church, excuse me. Have fun with that. A youth conference. Have fun with that. Right. That's the thing. Like, I think I'm almost like, oh, I am naive to... Because I only know L.A., I know New York. Yeah, the South is very, you know, very different. And I've been to Atlanta. But very, very, even Atlanta, someplace that's all-inclusive like that, where the gays are kind of celebrated, there are still, it's still very concerned. Mm -mm. I went to Memphis, and I was like, mm. Culturally, and Memphis is looked at as liberal. New Orleans is looked at as liberal. Houston, there's certain pockets of But like a Birmingham, Alabama? Bur yeah, see, mm -mm. Huntsville, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, all of that stuff. Um, and I'm not talking down on any city. I'm just saying you have to know the space that right. you're stepping into. It's almost like when, when I was talking to the wax girls and they went to Thailand and they got in trouble for not wearing enough clothes. Do your research to, on the country that you're visiting. Right. So you need to do your research and feel feel get a feel of the land because you'll be in for a rude awakening if you step off that plane in all of your L.A. glory because mm -hmm. you're not in L.A. Welcome to the South, boy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Ooh. You will be in for a rude boy. awakening and have your feelings hurt and then you won't have anything to back or support you because... You're in their house now. Mm -hmm. 
So you can't come there swinging your scarf, feeling grand. And I mean, you can't. But you get what I'm saying with right, that. Right, right, right. You have to just have to be mindful. You can't. You have to be mindful because you you're in their territory. Turn into now. a white woman in distress and let me call the police. <laughs> and why I never? Because who got your back? And you know, I write a good letter and an email. Yeah, no, I. Uh, I'm actually kind of excited though because I'm. I'm always curious to see because like this country is. Not that big, mm-hmm. but there's, it's so diverse in mm-hmm. good and bad ways. And so mm-hmm. even when I went to Memphis, like I spoke at that conference, and I was just like, "This is weird. Mm-hmm. This is so weird." And like the, it's almost like the people, whites and blacks, knew their place. Yeah, like I went to this great. It's an uns- it's unspoken system, right? I went to this great uh rib place called Rendezvous um in Memphis. And all the black people were like, oh, we've been working here for 30 years. Da, 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 da. But guess what? That manager was plump and white and had a blonde side bob and was just happy-go-lucky talking about all the tables. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, baby? Da, da, da. I was like, wait, you've been working here for 40 plus it's a, years? It's a, it's a system. And, and it, is a, it is, is a mentality that is beaten into you, mm-hmm. that is drilled and into you. And I could you. feel it in the energy mm-hmm. in the air. It was just yes. it was very, it was very bizarre. And I'm mm-hmm. never... You know, I'm I'm California. I'm New York. So mm-hmm. like going to some place like, and I don't know, know where Memphis is. Memphis is. is the South, but it's not the Deep South. Memphis is like, I mean, Memphis is about thirty minutes from Northern Mississippi. But on the same, as a girl from Chicago who used to drive to Northern Mississippi and parts of Louisiana on family road trips to go see family, that ain't Memphis that deep. was only like, like. I want to say maybe seven hours from Chicago. So it's not that far. St. Louis is five. So Memphis is not... St. Louis. St. Louis is five hours from Chicago. Missouri. Driving. Got it. So, yeah, it's just it's just kind of like know your territory. And luckily, I mean, I grew up spending summers in the South. So I knew what to expect. Um, of course, going to school down there. It just, it's very, it's very different. See, I was in Queens, so I'm clueless. It's very different. Um, so last, well, six days ago, exactly, because I had to find these questions, you had a series of questions on Twitter. I thought they were pretty interchanged. I thought that would be a, a cute outro for the conversation. Um, so the first question is, how did you meet your current or latest girlfriend slash boyfriend? Can't relate. <laughs> how did you? Um... Boyfriend Tinder. The late, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll be fair. The latest person that I met on a date was through Instagram. He slid in my Insta DMs. Mm, slid in the DMs. <laughs> Wait, well, actually, that's boyfriend, official boyfriend was Tinder. The last person I dated was through my ex girlfriend 10 years ago. Okay. Very bizarre. Um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> okay. Um, how long did your is your longest relationship or was your shortest? My longest relationship was maybe seven months, six, seven months. My mm-hmm. shortest, three weeks. Three weeks? Three weeks. Damn. Well, wham, bam, thinking him. Um, my longest was two years. Shortest, I think my shortest was your long, like eight months. Okay. Yeah, it, we didn't make it a year. I don't know why I'm so relationship-oriented. I need to set my ass down. Um, so what do you consider the most useless feature on your phone right now? I already know what you're about to say. What am I about to say? 
your phone jacked for your headphones. <laughs> Please don't, don't get me started on that. The most useless feature on my phone. I want to say a lot of the iOS 10 updates that I used for like a week in excitement and then now I only... Well, like the text message thing? Yeah, like I, I used... My mom just updated her shit so we were like playing around this morning. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's some of that. And then of course some of the stuff that we can't delete even though we can delete a lot of things now like the the um, automatic apps that they put on your phone. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I would say that a lot of the iOS 10 update was just hype. It was like the Frank Ocean album. Yeah. I, well, played, with, I played it for a week. I didn't even get to that week. Um, I don't know. Like, the... I just feel like the iPhone 7 is kind of pointless. They just needed something Their to come camera out is bomb. Really? Oh, my God. That camera on the really? iPhone 7 is something sickening. It slays mm. our cameras. It makes our cameras look like Android. I haven't played with the iPhone 7 yet, so let me stop. I've never played with it, but one of my shit. friends in Oklahoma City had one, and then uh, Kendall's best friend, Sunny, has the 7. <gasps> I love Sunny. Yeah. She's so cute. She has the 7, and we took some pictures. Matter of fact, I can show you one. Show me. While you're looking, uh, number four is what you consider your best physical asset. My best physical asset is probably, this sounds so cliche, but I'm, you all know that I have body image issues. I'm going to say my eyes. I was going to say your eyes too. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's a close between my hands and my mouth. Oh. I mean, I should say my lips. Well, not anymore since I lost my tooth at the AIDS walk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, by the way, guys, I was sucking on one of those, you know those, uh, those caramel, oh, wow. It's the iPhone 7 pictures, these two. Huh. Yeah. yeah, no, that's ridiculous right there. Yeah, these were good. Dang. Mm-hmm. Do we get your iPhone 7, kids? Um... Yeah, I was um, in the middle of the AIDS walk in downtown LA sucking on a um, caramel apple lollipop that was given away at KGLA. And I sucked on it a little bit too hard, how many licks, and I realized that my tooth, my front tooth, was gone. Jesus. Half of it. So pray for me, y'all. Hopefully it's covered with some type of insurance. Um, But right now I'm walking around toothless. Um, but before I lost my tooth, I would say my mouth, my smile, and then my hands were closed. People used to tell me I have pretty eyes, and I didn't really understand that. Because my eyes are black. The eyes are the window to the soul. My eyes are black. So that doesn't mean that they can't be pretty. What do you take as pretty eyes? What do you define as pretty eyes? Color? Not color, but you can't even see my pupil. So... Maybe I don't know. I just I just say thank you. Uh, what's the worst gift that you have ever received? Oh, um, <laughs> I never thought about this. Um, there are a lot, but I will say um, the worst gift I ever received was I don't know if this is gonna make sense. Was someone pursuing me who painted a picture of one intention but they wanted something else does that make sense no like someone pursuing me Shar, i want to date you 
and painted they're, a picture. They're, and they're painting a picture for me that this is what I do as uh, for a living, and this is why I'm interested in you when it boils down to you just want to fuck and you ain't shit. That's the worst gift I've ever received. Oh, so it was an actual like painting. I'm thinking that they painted oh, a picture no, 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 for you. No. I was like, I'm speaking figuratively. I was like, but if we want to talk physical <laughs> gifts, I remember one year my mom went with my uncle, her brother's wife, so my aunt, uh, to the swap meet because my brother's, I mean, my aunt is very bargain and my mom is not very bargain unless it's like department, but they went to the swap meet for whatever reason and my mom let this woman talk her into doing some Christmas shopping at the swap meet and this was when Platinum FUBU was really, I don't know if that was big out here, but it was huge in Chicago when I was, yes, when I was in eighth grade, Mm -hmm. it was like the thing to have. What is Platinum Fubu? Platinum Fubu was when Fubu had put all of like the Fat Albert characters all over everything. Oh, like, I the remember cartoon. that happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really big in Chicago. Oh my god! So mm-hmm. I was in eighth grade, and so for Christmas, my mom ended up. I opened a gift, and it was a sweatshirt, and it just said Platinum, and it had, <laughs> <laughs> and it had. A picture of Fat Albert, a huge picture of Flat, Fat Albert with gold hoop earrings and a do-rag on his head. Uh-huh. And I said, what is this? Not to sound ungrateful, because my mom is really big on gratitude. But I was like, sis, I know you aren't expecting me to. I can't, they will light my ass up. This is not real platinum fubu. So that was the one oh, of the worst no. physical Oh, it was like the knockoff. It was meat. super <laughs> fake. Were they uh, spelled Fat Farm wrong? Yeah, like it, a- but it just said platinum. It never said platinum fubu. Oh. And the Fat Albert was, Fat Albert yeah. never wore gold hoop earrings and a do-rag. So no. it was like super fake. Ooh. But my mom was really excited because she thought that she had gotten me a Platinum FUBU sweatshirt. Because right. that was like the shit. I don't Lo- know if that was, behold. I don't know if that was big in LA, but like urban brands when I was in middle school and high school were the shit. Oh, it yeah. was the shit to be it in a like Rockaway It was like Sean John, Rockaway, Yes. Yes, so we went through that phase. We had demo at the Tyler Mall, is where we shopped. <laughs> we went through, and then it's like, now you wear clothes, and if you have a label on your clothes, it's like, uh, like mm-hmm. something across your t-shirt, like graphic tees and label, like you had to be dipped from head mm-hmm. to toe. Um, and so, yeah, that was the, one of the worst physical gifts I've ever received. Yeah. What about you? Um, gonorrhea. Um, oh, yes. We all remember that episode remember of that KT. Episode. Right, yeah. Happy New Year to Jace. Um, but I guess I actually opened up uh, wrapping. My mom, my, my mom, my grandmother got me a sweater. In fact, she didn't only get me a sweater. She got me and my three brothers the same sweater, Jesus. all in the same size. And, right. <laughs> you've, you've met John John. Like, John John yes. is full-blown football player. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, ballet, ice skater size. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm very small. Um, and he's huge. And my other brother's somewhere in the middle. So we all got the same size sweater with like a 1979 picture of Santa Claus on it, which you can only wear on Christmas. Really? And Christmas was over the day after. Right. So it didn't make any sense. And so, so you changed into it that day to suffice I grandmother. Didn't, I didn't even, because she wasn't even there. Oh, okay. She well, just then never it, mind. Right. I just looked at it and so said, So we used to okay. record our Christmases, so we used to have to act excited about stuff like that. Like, No, this was in my adult and life. This was made, oh, like, this okay. may have been three years ago. Well, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. So the... A mess. But, you know, thank you, Abuelita. She's great and amazing. Um, question six. Have you ever dated, you sorry, used a dating app to actually date, not hook up, and was there any success? I have used a dating app to actually date and not hook up, and no, there was no success. 
You had a few dates. Not off a dating app. Oh. The only app that someone has gotten me from is Instagram DMs. I've never been on a date with anyone from a Tinder or a Soul Swipe or anything like that ever. Hmm. Well, yeah, I had a successful relationship from Tinder. Shout out to You Will Not Be Named. Um, that was a success until it wasn't anymore. But I also have used apps just to hook up before. Not Tinder, though. I thought... I didn't know. I thought Tinder was just a dating thing, but apparently, like... Oh, no. I found people out will that abuse people were... any, any platform that you have to meet other people, people are going to abuse. See, I had no idea. I was like, oh, Tinder, this is easy. It's not mm-hmm. okay, Cupid. It's not stuffy. But apparently, people Plenty just want to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's the dumbest topic you've ever had an argument about? <sighs> the dumbest. The dumbest? Uh, Beyonce's pregnancy. Hmm. Interesting. Because that was an argument. That was one of the dumbest. I've had plenty of dumb arguments where I I know that people walking away from it, I'm like, they totally baited me for that. Totally baited me. (laughs) And I fell right in their trap because I'm such an impassioned person. But one of the dumbest arguments that I can think of is Beyonce's pregnancy because I know that Beyonce was pregnant and... I don't even know why I'm sitting up here entertaining this. For what? For what? Why am I exerting all of this energy and I have a vein popping from my forehead? Because, as a matter of fact, a lot of the dumb arguments I've had have been on Beyonce's behalf. It could be Illuminati, Blue Ivy's pregnancy, um, the Destiny's Child lineup change. Like, a lot of dumb arguments where I'm just like, hey, I know, matter of fact, this did or did not happen, and I'm not about to, you know... Even with the whole, oh my God, Beyonce and Aaliyah. That's definitely the dumbest argument I've ever had. But what was the argument high with school? them? That if Aaliyah wouldn't have died, there wouldn't oh, have been a Beyonce, Beyonce right. which is total horseshit because they were two totally different artists. And people try to act like Destiny's Child wasn't already mainstream when Aaliyah passed in 2001. Like, they were already, not to go on another tangent, but it should be noted, <laughs> when Aaliyah passed in 2001, not only... Was Destiny's Child number one? The Survivor album was released. Carmen had already come out. Beyonce was already a spokesperson for fucking L'Oreal. Like, they were already headlining their first tour. This was not some type of, oh, meteoric rise of Destiny's Child after Aaliyah's plane crash. So that's all I have to say about that. They're just different people. They sing, Beyonce and Aaliyah sing differently. They perform differently. Their artistry was differently, different. So I don't even know where this comparison was even birthed out of, honestly, because they're just different artists i'm not arguing with you oh i'm not asking you and i'm not i'm not gonna ever argue about that again but that yeah that's one so everything dumb Shara is the ambassador of the beehive i mean yeah because it was a stupid argument i don't know what my dumb argument is though i'm trying to think i'm pretty sure i have i've had five younger siblings i'm sure you always fought about something stupid yeah but i just i don't know i can't think of it if i think of it later i'll, I'll say it uh favorite animal as a child um, I was tweet- I was actually tweeting about this uh, a couple weeks ago because when I was a child, I was obsessed with marine life. None of my favorite animals were la- on land, um, mm-hmm. except for domestic stuff. Like, I've always loved kittens and cats, like domestic like house cats. I've always been a fan of cats over dogs. And um, But growing up, my favorite animals, like I said, were aquatic, and that is sea turtles uh-huh. and beluga whales. I love and seals whales. and seals. I had a beluga whale stuffed animal. I got me from too. SeaWorld. Me too. Me too. I got one. mine from the Shedd Aquarium the, in Chicago. That's probably the same one. Yeah. Not so aquatic that. life. I was just always obsessed with 
anything in the sea, octopus, mm-hmm. all different types of fish, shark. Well, not really sharks, but I loved sea turtles, beluga whales, and seals growing up. Mm-hmm. Loved them. You know, I loved Tasmanian devils until I actually saw a real one. I thought it looked like the Looney Tune character. Oh no! And I was like, Oh my god, I'm not Tasmanian. Like I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then I saw. Do they really do real... that spinning thing, or is that only for animation? That's only for animation. Okay. Yeah, they don't they don't spin like a roll band. I don't know what that. And and I, I don't know. I loved Taz. I thought he was so cool. Um, just blah, 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 blah. like mm-hmm. I thought it was fun, but then I actually saw an actual Tasmanian devil, and I was like, "This is so boring." Yeah, they're on four legs, mm-hmm. and they look like otters. Right, <laughs> but like not. platypus mm-hmm. is interesting. Platypus are cool. It's like a duck fucked Plat- a beaver. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. It's a strange animal. It is. Yeah, platypuses, otters. All these Australians. Yeah, I mean this. I mean, aquatic mammals are always the most weird because they have to adapt to, like, water, mm-hmm. but they're still, like, mammals. Mm-hmm. Except whales, who breathe through their, like, hole on their head, which is kind of... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. they. Ha- that's why they come up and, like, and then go back under. I thought that was for breathing. Yeah, breathing. I thought you said breathing. Oh, like, no. They're breathing with their penises. Right, okay. Yeah. And I, I think they have really big penises as well. They do. But they're, like, it's like fucking whale. inside the body. <laughs> Like, uh, if you had to choose, would you choose your dream career over your dream relationship? Or Everybody dream... already knows this answer from me. Right. Career over relationships. So I'm, career. I'm the same. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm the same. Dream um, career. 10. And would your friends consider you an optimist and a, or a pessimist? And my <laughs> answer to this question on... The exact tweet to Shar was, all my friends think I'm optimist, except Shar. I said what I said. My friend Shar thinks I'm a pessimist. What about you? You are, a, you are a pessimistic optimist. Um, <laughs> Wait, okay, is Gabe an optimist? Gabe Maldondo. <laughs> Maldonado. <laughs> what? Whatever. Um, I don't know Gabe like that to call him an uh uh, optimistic or pe- pessimistic. I don't know him to that extent. I think I'm very optimistic. I think you're very optimistic too, Shar. Well, thank you. I think welcome. I'm very optimistic as well. Good. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Keep saying it. I think you're great. And I think I'm very optimistic. And that's just the way that... Well, that wasn't the question. My friends <laughs> would also all think, except my friend Shar, think that I'm very optimistic. But anyways, that wraps up our show of Consensual Radio. Next week, hopefully, Ken J will not be in a bunch of meetings and bullshit because he just wants to be a student slash entrepreneur slash intern for the gods and all that jazz. So check us out. You know where to find us, at Char Says So, at Jace Barron, Consensual, sorry, KATnetworks.com, yada, yada, yada. You know the deal. All right, so we'll see. And vote! Vote, please. Do not... Let Trump get in office. Dumb Trump. All right? Check the deuces. Bye. Bye, y'all.